I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiberfueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant You, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. So all of this BS that, oh, you vegan, elitist, plant-based thing, I can't afford that. Well, BS. Anyone can afford sprouts. And then no one knew, including a present company, that you (laughs) could grow sprouts without soil, without sunshine, for pennies a serving in days, not weeks, months, or years. Season three of the Plant Strong Podcast explores those Galileo moments where you seek to understand the real truth around your health and dare to see the world through a different lens. This season, we honor those courageous seekers who are paving the way for you and me. So grab your telescope, point it towards your future, and let's get Plant Strong together. Hello, my Plant Strong friends. I hope that 2021 is off to an auspicious start for each and every one of you. I know that my team and I are filled with hope and optimism for a great year ahead. As you know, we recently kicked off season three of the Plant Strong podcast, and we've gotten a lot of great responses from all of you. So thank you for those responses, and thanks for helping to spread the good word about the Plant Strong podcast. We're just getting started. You are going to love the energy and passion of today's guest. His name is Doug Evans. Now, I first started hearing about Doug and his new book, The Sprout Book, last spring. All of a sudden, you know, everywhere I turned, sprouting was everywhere. And believe it or not, my family and I have never sprouted before and really didn't even know where to begin in the world of sprouting. Um, I'm sure that many of you are probably in the exact same boat because on the surface, it sounds really complicated, maybe even expensive and time consuming. But as you're going to hear today, not only is sprouting quick, easy, and inexpensive, it is fun and can be a rewarding family experience. This conversation opened my eyes to the possibilities of sprouts. They aren't just a garnish that you throw on top of a sandwich or a salad, which is what I thought. They are wildly nutritious and full of endless possibilities. Doug and I, we we talk about broccoli sprouts, lentil sprouts, chickpea sprouts, chia sprouts, mung bean sprouts. You get the picture. Remember those chia pets that you bought at the drugstore 
and gave us gifts to give people joy and make them laugh? You just had to add water and watch it grow? Well, guess what? You were giving the gift of sprouts. I want you to enjoy today's episode as Doug lays out just how simple sprouting can be. All right, Doug. All right. Awesome. I've been waiting for this for a long time. So. I, well, I, can't, I can't believe we've never met. Yeah, it's, you know, it's such a small world, but, you know, there's a lot of people and it's big. <laughs> there, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's just jump right in, all right? All right, well, I love your message. I love what you're about. I love your dad. I love that you call him daddy. Um, I think, I, I think uh, it's terrific, you know, well, it's. Thanks, thanks, Doug. Um, so here we are. You're on the Plant Strong podcast. Uh, this is season three of the Plant Strong podcast, where we're really honoring those trailblazers um, who have looked through the telescope and they have seen the, the the truth, and they're now paving the way to make kind of a better world for others. And uh, and I think you are doing that in spades right now with sprouts, right? Yeah. The seductive yeah. power of sprouts. And, and, and before I let you say a peep, I need to say at, at the onset that I don't know squat about sprouting, about sprouts. Uh, I cannot wait to dive into your book because, you know, from everything that I've seen, the reviews from Dr. Ross to Jesse Itzler, you know, uh, to, you know, Joel Furman, who wrote the intro. This is the, uh, this is the Bible when it comes to sprouting. And I feel like I'm missing out on a big like swath of, uh, of nutrition by, by not sprouting. And, and, and I got to say that, you know, at Thanksgiving, my sister-in-law brought like, uh, all of her little jars and she was sprouting. And then I, there's a member of my team who is just like going bananas over sprouting. I was visiting this, this farm this last weekend outside of Cleveland, Ohio, called the Chef's Garden. And they were doing uh, all these, uh, you know, microgreens and sprouting. And I'm all of a sudden like, God, the universe is trying to, you know, share a message with me here. Yeah, so, wake up, Rip. Wake up. I know. I bing. So I, I need to wake up. I want you to wake me up to the power of sprouts. But before you do, I got to say, where, where in the world are you and, and why can't I have a cool place like that? Well, the thing is, I'm in the middle of the Mojave Desert and land here is very accessible and you can, I mean, you can be here. Like this is an amazing, I'm in a community with a hundred square miles with 600 people who live in this community. So talk about being COVID friendly. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. right. It's like you, you have no choice but to social distance and anyone can be here. I mean, the whole thing is at, at one point the world was scattered and we were in villages and then the villages became commerce centers and people wanted more and more. And now they're stacked up on top of each other. And there's, you know, when I worked in New York City, um, there was one building you know, that had literally 20,000 people per floor oh, in the building. Come on. In one floor. So, you know, you talk about the Empire State Building with a million and a half square feet, right, of, of square footage. So, look, I made a decision three and a half years ago that I wanted to be in nature. I wanted to see sunrises, sunsets. I wanted to be away from the interstates so that I could see the stars and the galaxy and kind of open up my consciousness so I could hear my own thoughts. And so, you know, I bought some land, you know, it had a house on it. It also had hot springs on it. So that was really cool. And then I put up a yurt from Burning Man I don't yeah. know if you're a burner, but I put up my Burning Man yurt and this is where I hang out. So I have a house, so I'm fully, you know, equipped and I love the yurt. Like the yurt is, I have no ground in the yurt. Like it is the only difference separating me from the earth 
is a piece of recycled L.A. billboard. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I'm trying to think. I think I've spent one night in a yurt at some resort once, and it was, it was really amazing. Do you have like a round? Is, is it a round yeah, yurt? Yeah, there's a round yurt. There's my roof. Yeah. And I yeah. insulated it with recycled denim in between like the rafters. It's just recycled denim and then it's just covered with some fabric. So it's just, it's, and by the way, it's a great recording studio. Yeah. I, rec I recorded my Audible book here as opposed to going into LA into their studio. So when I record my book, I did it right here, you know, in, in the yurt. Yeah. You sound phenomenal. Uh, so when did you start your journey to like optimal nutrition? Uh, was this, is this like been a lifelong journey or did you start it 10 years ago? So we're about the same age, right? I'm 54. I'm 54. Okay. You're 57. Yep. So um, I grew up in New York City on the standard American diet, right? Yep. I still remember like what I would get in McDonald's, right? Large quarter pounder with a quarter pounder with cheese, large nine piece chicken McNugget, large fries, vanilla shake, apple pie, and either a hot fudge sundae um, or a chocolate sundae. And yeah. like, so that's what I ate. And we grew up with scarcity. So we didn't have a lot of money. So it was very like fine distribution of food. And then when I started to make money, I started to reward myself with eating junk food and processed food. And then um, I went into the military. So at age 17, I joined the 82nd Airborne. So I was eating meals ready to eat, processed food, the worst food possible with like a hundred year shelf life of <laughs> processed food. So when I got out of the army, you know, how do you celebrate as you eat? So I was eating and then my aunt got diabetes in the mid nineties, they chopped off both of her feet below her ankles. And then she died from complications with uh, diabetes. And my uncle died of heart disease. And then my other uncle died of heart, heart disease. My aunt had um, ulcers and IBS and colitis. And then she ended up dying. I don't even know if they knew what she died from. Then my mother died of stomach cancer. My father died of heart disease. And my brother, who's your age, developed, became obese, diabetic, atrial fibrillation, hypertension, and had the first of three strokes and a heart attack. And that was my come to plants moment, right? That's when I thought like, A, either I'm genetically cursed or I'm on a suicide mission. And that's where it, it all began. And that was 1999. Wow. So, so really, for the most part, I mean, it's been about 21 years. Not that long, really. No. You think about no. it. Yeah. No. I mean, the greater, the greater portion of my life, I was still eating cooked food, processed food, toxic food. I remember the last meal that I had before I became vegetarian in 1999 was it was a rainy night and we were in Chinatown at the border of Little Italy and it was raining and we were waiting outside a Chinese restaurant and they had the ducks hanging in the window. And we were so hungry. It was so cold and so wet that when we got to the line, we said, just give me the duck. And I gave the guy $10 and we sat like under a stoop and a canopy in, in New York city. And I devoured the greasy duck, the fat, the skin, the bone marrow, and so it had, been cooked. it had been cooked. It wasn't a raw duck. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, that, that was a cooked greasy duck. <laughs> Just give me that duck. duck. Just yeah. give me the duck. And so, I mean, that's like where my mentality. And then we went to Little Italy and just, you know, gorged on pastries. Yeah. yeah. So that was my, that was my like last meal before I, I had the come to plants moment. So, so were you, um, did your body uh, reflect that lifestyle? And that way of eating? Yeah. Yeah. I was sloppy. I was like 35, 36 pounds overweight. Mm -hmm. I would have my mid-afternoon crash. Like at three o'clock in the afternoon, I either needed a nap or a liter of Coca-Cola and a chocolate bar. I mean, like that's just, that was my day. And yeah. the only thing that kept me awake 
was just like the hunger to make money or to do things. So I was in this hustle mode. But yeah, I just had no energy. I wasn't exercising. I was just not awake. I mean, I was like a zombie. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, okay. So you had your, you know, uh, come to duck moment. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, um, what happened over the next, you know, five, 10 years? Well, in, in the next two-week period, I yeah. went vegetarian, vegan, raw vegan. And wow. so for the greater portion of these 21 years, I've been raw vegan. Right now, I'm 100% raw vegan now. I'm eating sprouts, I'm eating fruit, and I'm eating ferments and seaweeds. And that's like my, my diet today. And so what happened was like once I started to get exposed to the information, the work of your father, the work of Colin Campbell, the work of... um. Brian Clement at Hippocrates and Gabriel Cousins. And it just made so much sense to me that, you know, um, everything exists in plants. Everyone, um, you know, either should be an herbivore or is eating herbivores, right? And like, why couldn't I just go right to the source? Yeah. And, and that's where it began um, for me. And then, you know, in a two-week period, I went cold cucumber and gave up all the processed food. And I never went back. Like it's just over for me. Oh, so, so explain to me, cause I don't know too many people that have that kind of a trajectory. Will there go from vegetarian to vegan to raw vegan in two weeks? I mean, what, what, is that just your personality or, or, or is it just you uh, taking in all the information and then processing it and saying, this is where I want to land? I, I mean, mean, it's interesting things. Like once you become aware of a truth and you believe that truth, you know, so, you know, like powerfully in the core, right? And I looked around and I unequivocally saw that my immediate family was dead. They were gone. And when I made the connection to the dairy and the cancer, the meat and the cancer, right? And the, the processed carbohydrates and the diabetes and the amputations like this was now I, I do it in this abundant, this abundance consciousness of like Pollyanna having like an incredible time. Then it was really fearful. Like I became a level where um, it was almost post-traumatic stress mm. that I looked at everything under a microscope and I said, is this, I mean, here was my criteria. Like I developed a set of rules, right? I came out of the military. I've been an entrepreneur. I set up rules and guidelines of how I was going to live. And I said, is this fresh? Is this ripe? Is this organic? Is this a fruit, vegetable, seed, nut, seaweed, or living cultured food, right? Is it one of those? And if it wasn't one of those, it just wasn't an option, just not an option. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I don't coach people like, you know, I've been for the greater portion of my life, I've just been an operator, right? I've just been doing, yeah. and then, you know, I'll tell you how I came to write the book, but so I, this was all just about me and it was almost, you know, and you're, you're, we're both friends with rich roll, right. You know, in 12 step, right. Just for today. Right. I registered a domain still raw. And every day I would journal ah. and, and like, was I still raw? Can I get through this day? And turns out, and, and I think we could do this for anybody, but was there enough exciting, interesting flavors, textures, nutrients that I could eat as much? Cause I'm like very intense. Like I like to eat. I like the things. Was there enough food to fill me up? and satisfy my dopamine and serotonin in the brain, you know, and trigger those. Like, could I get enough pleasure and could I get enough calories to feel full and satiated? And turns out fruit is a no-brainer. Like fruit is just delicious. And then if in a pretty short time, if you can get away from processed food, right? Added fats, oils, and sugars, and, you know, you can get, to, if you can get really hungry, 
without eating that stuff. Then someone offers you even raw kale, which is kind of pungent and bitter and you know gnarly. If you're hungry, you'll eat that. Yeah. Right. So I think that was how it became. And now it's like that other stuff isn't even food. It would be like, do you want to eat this iPhone? Right. <laughs> like I wouldn't eat the iPhone. I'm not going to eat a pack of cigarettes. I'm not going to smoke a pack of cigarettes. That yeah. other stuff is not food for me. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you are just so game on. I absolutely love it. Uh, <laughs> look at you drinking your water. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in a feeding window. Yeah. You know, for another 41 minutes. Right. So my feeding window is noon to 6 p.m. So you so, got. Wow. So you haven't you haven't eaten yet today. No, not at all. OK. All right. So you're doing. Is it fair to say you're doing intermittent fasting then? Is yeah. That, that yeah. What you call I, yeah. People challenge these different things. But for me, I would say I'm doing I love fasting. Um, but if intermittent fasting is a good way to call it. Right. Okay. I have a small feeding window from noon to 6 p.m. OK. Uh, well, so you wrote the book the, uh, and it's called The Sprout Book. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah. What what is the subtitle? Do you know? Can it's, you remember? <laughs> um, you know, the uh, uh, how Tap to eat- into the power of the plant's most nutritious food. Right. That's right. Yes. No, and in subtitles, they just, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've got four and I can't remember mine either. But, <laughs> but it's a um, good one. <laughs> yeah. But it just came out in April, right? 2020. Yes. What, a, what a time for it to come out. Um, <clears throat> what, why did you decide that another book on sprouting was necessary? Well, I had been sprouting for four years before I became vegetarian. Right. right. I just got tuned into, you know, wheatgrass and sunflower sprouts and mung bean sprouts and alfalfa sprouts. So I liked those as a garnish. Right. It was just something I was like, OK, like I'll eat these. And then for 21 years, sprouts were always a part of my diet in the context of a garnish. Add them to something. And then when I moved to the Mojave Desert, I had the real-time awakening that I was in a food desert, right? It wasn't like my New York, LA, San Francisco triangle, where I had Whole Foods and Air One and vegan restaurants galore. There was nothing here that I could eat. Like we had a 7-Eleven, a Circle K, a McDonald's, a Taco Bell. There was nothing that I could eat unless I wanted to drive an hour and 15 minutes each way to go to a Whole Foods. And so it was really anticlimactic. And, you know, I, I was very much into the decommodification of not wearing brands, not buying processed food. And I really wanted like this essence of homesteading. And so then I was like, oh, I'll just eat sprouts. So I had some mason jars. I ordered some more mason jars. I ordered some sprouting seed. And my sprouting vocabulary was alfalfa sprouts, mung bean sprouts, and sunflower sprouts. Like that's all I knew. That's three more than I have. <laughs> right. Well, it, it's, it's a low basis. But then when I went online, I saw broccoli and azuki and arugula and I learned that you could sprout flax and chia and lentils and um, radish and all of, and hemp, right? Yeah. And all of these things. So, you know, and the sprouting seeds were cheap. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to order all these different seeds. And so within the first month, I had in one cubic foot, right, size of a milk crate, I was growing 50% of my calories. I was growing in one cubic foot using some mason jars. And that was like, whoa, like I spent $20 on $20 worth of seeds. I was getting this enormous amount of caloric nutrition, yeah. proteins, amino acids, polyphenols, bioflavonoids, antioxidants, soluble, insoluble fiber. 
And I felt really good, right? It was my re-entree into raw food. Because you're like, you're in LA, you go to Crossroads and Gracias Madre and these great vegan, delicious restaurants. But here, the sea, because my bland, I was getting used to bland food, every seed that was sprouted had flavor, mm. had texture. And then, you know, we have access to Google and PubMed and the National Institute of Health. And I had a lot of time on my hands since, you know, my, I was free. So I'm researching this and every white paper, every study I was reading about sprouts was blowing my mind. It was no joke, blowing my mind. So that's where it really began my obsession for sprouts and my transition from sprouts as a garnish to sprouts as a food. And so that started just to, just so I can like, what, four years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. When you, when you moved out there. I moved okay. out. Okay. And so you got after it. I mean, you, so this book just came out in April of 2020. So, I mean, when did you decide, man, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to write the definitive guide on sprouting. Yeah. So what happened is after the first month, like I was hooked on, I was really hooked on sprouts. Like it was, I was in. And then I made some calls, right? So as you can tell, I am not shy, right? <laughs> so, so I reached out to, you know, Dr. Oz. And I was like, what do you think about sprouts? He's like, oh, I love sprouts. I, I grow sprouts. I eat sprouts. Sprouts are great. Boom. I called, you know, Joel Furman. You know, Joel, what do you think of sprouts? Sprouts are great. They fit right into the nutrarian diet. They're yeah. this. They're great, great, great. And then um, I got an intro from my friend to Dr. Josh Axe, and he was working on the keto book, right? And so I, I, I love everybody. Like, I'll talk to anybody, right? So I, I, I get on the phone with Dr. Axe and loves sprouts, loves broccoli sprouts, loves sprouts. I was like, great. I then talked to, you know, D, um, Dean Ornish, right? All over sprouts. And so each one of these guys, I was like, well, why aren't you writing a book on sprouts? Dr. Mark Hyman, right? Functional medicine guy. Here's these diametrically opposite views on keto, functional, plant-based, Dr. Khan, plant-based, and they all love sprouts. So I start to interview them, you know, for my book before I had a book, right? I'm doing the interviews. And then... I reached out to uh, Lita Scheintaub, who developed the recipes for Oprah Winfrey's book mm -hmm. and for Layla Ali's book. And I said, Lita, I want to write the Sprout book. And one of the things is that not everyone is like me, where they just want to eat sprouts raw, unflavored. So I've got a challenge for you. I want to create 40 recipes that are all plant-based, that are all raw and that 50% on average contain sprouts. And she's like, sounds like a great challenge. Let's do that. We cut a deal. She became my collaborator. And then I went to New York city. Yeah. I pitched one publisher, one of the largest publishers in the world. I brought raw sprouts. I brought some recipes and literally my editor was eating out, eating sprouts out of the palm of my hand. And I'm watching like her brain, like going, really, w really? And so she's like, this is great. I'll get back to you. And, and I'm like, all right. Like I just had the best meeting ever. Like this is a done deal. And so then she went and looked and I guess all the other books on sprouts were all self-published. Yeah. were all pretty dated and they were like how to grow sprouts and the benefit of sprouts. And I was taking a view that sprouts are food. Sprouts are um, nutrition. Like you could grow your own vitamins with it. And I looked at sprouts as medicine, like concentrated medicine for both acute and chronic illnesses. And, and I said, I'm going to get out there I've got good support from the medical community 
And we need to get this information out there because sprouts are low cost, right? Pennies a serving. And like, if you go to buy sprouts in your local health food store, you will spend $3, $4 for a pack of sprouts, about a dollar to a dollar 25 an ounce, which is still affordable, mm-hmm. right? But if you grow them on your own, it's like 20 or 30 cents. So all of this BS that, oh, you vegan, elitist, plant-based thing, I can't afford that. Well, BS, anyone can afford sprouts. And then no one knew, including a present company, that you (laughs) could grow sprouts without soil, without sunshine for pennies a serving in days, not weeks, months, or years. There's no shortage of new learnings for me this season, and it feels appropriate that today's episode on sprouting with Doug comes on the heels of my visit to the chef's garden with Bob and Lee a few weeks ago. Ever since I left, I have been devouring by the fistfuls a whole new assortment of leafy greens, including watercress, pea tendrils, baby chard, baby kale, all to my heart's content. Now, speaking of my heart's content, we at Plant Strong have an extra special Valentine's Day event planned just for you. Register today to join us for a four-course culinary adventure extravaganza with a box of premium hand-picked produce from the Chef's Garden to be delivered straight to your door along with a beautiful library of videos from Chef Jamie and myself showing you how to prepare this plant-fantastic meal every step of the way. And as a special perk for our podcast listeners, today I'm going to reveal our first course. Now, if you want to be surprised and keep it a mystery, skip ahead right now. I'll wait. Okay, are you ready? Our first course is, drum roll, a caramelized parsnip soup. Now, let me tell you, I can count on my hand the number of times that I've ever eaten a parsnip. Well, this dish blew my socks off. With just a few ingredients, these fresh picked root vegetables that to me look like a neglected uh, pale carrot were transformed into a creamy, mind-blowing first course. Now, every dish in this box brings the vegetables and their rich flavor profile to the center of the plate. Treat someone that you love to a special dinner or treat yourself. We only have a few dozen boxes remaining. Visit plantstrong.com garden today. So, all right, for, for people like me that have never sprouted, if I want to start, what's the best way for me to start? Do I start with getting, getting is there a kit that I buy? Do I start with five different uh, sprouts, uh, a mung, a, a, a broccoli, a, a bean? I mean, I don't, I don't even know the terminology. Yeah, I mean, the easiest thing, let's just back up one second, Rip. Yeah, please. So all a sprout is, is just part of the evolution of a plant, right? Baby plant. So it's a baby plant. It's a yeah. It well, it's it's actually, um, everything begins with a seed, right? Yeah. So the biggest like trees in the world start with seeds, and seeds, fruit, vegetables, like the, everything starts with a seed. In the course, and a seed, which, and I'm sure you know this, so pardon me for being. Um, pedestrian here, but a seed is a complete living organism in a dormant state. Mm. And seeds want to germinate and reproduce themselves. So if you think about like a sunflower seed, right? Very common, very familiar, little black seed, sometimes with a white line on it. That's a sunflower seed. If you were to plant that sunflower seed, or soak it, or put it on an unbleached paper towel or cheesecloth, and just spray it with water, that baby will sprout, right? It'll just sprout. 
like it wants to sprout. Like that's what it's designed in nature and the universe and evolution to do. Yeah. That sunflower seed, if it goes into the ground, will grow into like a six foot, seven foot tall sunflower that's so strong, so tuned into nature to the sun that it will turn from sunrise to sunset following the sun. And that one seed will produce 600 more seeds, all of which could be sprouted. So the abundance of, of plants and the intelligence of plants are incredible. So it turns out that every seed will sprout. And for the greater portion of nature, right, of, of our lives on the planet, there wasn't a shortage of land or water or resources, right? So people, if they had land and they had water, they would plant that one broccoli seed. Yeah. And in a hundred days, they'd get, you know, a, a whole head of broccoli that would weigh three or four pounds, right? And if you let that broccoli go further, it will then flower and create more seeds. So, so that's where in nature, there was never like a rush right? So there was always abundance and people were used to eating mature vegetables. I don't have time and I don't have the soil to wait weeks or months or years to grow food that I needed to do it in days. Mm. So that was my, my beginning to it. And then, you know, for you, right, you look like you're real fit. Plants have, you know, so this is widely known, right? Vegetables are good for you, right? So um, sprouts are vegetables, right? Just get that in your head. Sprouts equals vegetables, right? And vegetables equal food, right? So, so that was an but, easy. But, but but are all are all sprouts vegetables? Because don't you have like bean sprouts and I mean, um, like bean sprouts are vegetables. Okay. When when the sea when the legume yeah sprouts and grows yes. and it has a flower on it, yeah. right or a leaf and the endosperm and the, the little leaves, I would call that a vegetable. Okay. Right. So it's not, it's not part of the bean. It's, it's a vegetable. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a biological transformation between things at these different stages. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the advantages, like let's just take lentils for a second, right? Lentils, raw lentils, if you were to try to put them in your mouth raw and dry, you could break your teeth. Yeah. Right. If you soak them overnight for 12 hours, eight to 12 hours, and then you rinse them, magic happens. The lentils like wake up, you double the antioxidant levels, mm. you triple the vitamin C and the lentil itself will take the water, take the oxygen and start to grow fiber and release like leaves and sprouts and all of a sudden start to form chlorophyll. And it's this biological transformation of, of a lentil into a plant. And it can do all that without light? Without light, yeah. See, that's the magic of sprouts that the, the, the seed has the intelligence to do this because a lot of seeds are germinated, you know, part of the, the thing, if you eat an apple, right, in, in developed Western countries, we eat the apple and it goes into the landfill, right? We throw out the core. Yep. In nature, the apple gets eaten, the whole thing gets eaten, like an elephant doesn't just bite part of it. And then as it walks around, an elephant can walk, you know, 20, 30 miles in the day, it will then poop out the fiber and the cellulose and the seed. Well, as the seed goes through the stomach and the small intestine and the large intestine, the, um, the acids and the water and the moisture yeah. are telling the seed start to sprout, start to germinate. Huh. So then when it goes into the ground, it's fertile and then that's how the propagation of the plants happen. So depending on what you want to believe, what woo-woo stuff, the, the reason why the fruits have color 
and how they have flavor is so that um, animals, human animals and other non-human animals will eat them and spread the seeds so that the plants will reproduce. Fascinating, truly, truly fascinating. Uh, all right, so uh, how do I get started? What do I do? So, so the simplest thing, like this is, this is the no-brainer, right? That I would say for, for Rip. You get a couple of mason jars, right? I like to get the big ones. This is a 64 ounce mason jar. You're a big guy. I look at this, so you can get mason jars from any size. There's a chapter in my book, which you'll love. It's called Junkyard Sprouting, where yeah. I take basically anything that I have in the kitchen that would normally go into the landfill or into the recycle bin and somehow convert that into a sprouting implement. But if you're like, you know, you look like you're clear and you're serious, I would get a few mason jars and I can send you the, the links, but basically 64 ounce mason jars. And then they sell these, these special lids yep. that screw on yep. that are designed for sprouting stainless steel screens that go on. They now uh, make a, a, a rack that you could hold, <clears throat> but I use a stainless steel dish rack. Um, and if you see my posts, I use a stainless steel dish rack so I can have many sprouting jars in one place dripping over the sink. And then, oh, go ahead, Rick. So, so um, <clears throat> it, I'm surprised. So you haven't partnered with uh, a company that does everything, like sends out a kit of mason jars and, uh, and, and seeds? I mean, yeah. at, th at this stage, yeah. my, my mission is I want everybody to be clued into sprouts and yeah. I want them to think about sprouts. You know, is, there's probably 12 occasions to eat sprouts in the day, you know, from breakfast, lunch, dinner, morning snack, add to soup, salads, cereals, entrees, juice them, blend them. So I'm just, I'm not partnering with, with anybody. I'm yeah. like here in the desert every day, I'm sharing the information and I'm running my little sprout lab running tests to see, you know, what I can learn. So, um, okay. but I recommend different people, but you know, not as an affiliate, I just recommend them because I bought their seeds and they seem to have high integrity. So yeah. whether it's sprout man, you know, out of Massachusetts or it's yeah. um, true leaf market out of Utah, the, the main thing that you want to do, and, and by the way, I would not stand on ceremony with this, but if you had a choice, yeah. I would choose to buy organic sprouting seeds that have been tested for pathogens and tested for a high germination rate, mm. right? That's what I recommend. But if you live, you know, in some suburb, in some food desert, and they don't have that, I would get any seeds that you could get and I would rinse them in hydrogen peroxide to remove any bacteria or stuff that may be left on them. And I cover this in my book pretty comprehensively, um, but I'd rinse the seeds and I'd just start to sprout. And the way to sprout is you soak them overnight and then you rinse out the extra water. And then once or twice a day, you add more water and then you pour out the water and like you're going to see sprouts just sprouting in your, in front of your eyes. And unlike other projects like growing a garden where it might take weeks or months and you have no idea yeah. what's going on there here, you're going to get feedback every, every 12 hours. You're going to look at these and they're going to go bigger, 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 bigger. Like the chia pets. Like the chia pets. And by the way, chia pets are, are edible. I would just buy a organic chia seed, but yeah, yeah, chia pets are amazing. And you talk about chia, chia is an extraordinary source of omega threes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And when you sprout the chia seed, you get omega threes and you get chlorophyll, right? And you get fiber and they will multiply in size and volume 10 to 20 times in days. L let me ask you this. 
Um, so I got my mason jars. Um, let's say I'm going to start with five of them. What are the five different seeds you recommend that I get to start with? Is, are there like, do you have Doug Evans' favorite five? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. I recommend, I think, from the uh, sprouts as food, the yep. legumes are incredible. So you could get mung beans, you could get lentils, you could get peas. And peas are very versatile because if you let them grow into like a micro green, right? Mm. They shoot up. They're very sweet, tender leaves. But if they're in the pea form and you eat them in two to three days, they're a great source of protein. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that, I, that, that we know are using protein powders, yeah. right? Either hemp, whey, um, pea, and a, an alternative in addition is you could just soak a handful of lentils or peas or garbanzo beans, yep. add them to water in two or three days. And one cup of garbanzo beans, yep. depending on where you track the nutrition, is 24 to 36 grams of protein. You're getting a whole food plant-based part. Yep. So, and you get all the benefits of the amino acids, the and one of the things that also happens when you soak a seed, right? You're removing the enzyme inhibitors. The enzyme mm. inhibitors are designed to keep that seed intact until it deliberately um, wants to sprout. So when you soak the seed, you remove the enzyme inhibitors, you reduce the level of phytic acid, and you're unleashing and activating the life force that's within that seed. So I've got my mung, my lentil, my peas. Oh, what it, else? the must, the must is broccoli seeds. So broccoli sprouts. Broccoli I, sprouts. Now I have heard just in the last, God, probably three weeks about the sulforaphane, that yes. broccoli sprouts and how it, it's like 10X what you can get from, from, uh, from broccoli. And it sounds like sulf sulforaphane is just insane when it comes to being like antimicrobial and viral and just, you know, everything. Um, so yeah. sprouts, I'm with you there. I like yeah, that. So, well, if you think about that, just digressing onto the broccoli sprouts. Yeah. So um, Brock cruciferous vegetables are known for their anti-cancerous qualities, right? The chemoprotective properties. And Dr. Jed Fahey at Johns Hopkins University was doing research on which type of broccoli, which cruciferous vegetables had the most anti-cancer properties, right? And then they came to broccoli and then which type of broccoli. And then he realized the broccoli seeds, right? Which formed the broccoli sprouts had the most of this glucoraphanin. And yep. glucoraphanin, when you chew it or freeze it or blend it, um, it mixes with the enzyme myrosinase yeah. and that becomes the powerhouse to form sulforaphane. And it's 20 to 100 times the amount of sulforaphane in mature broccoli. And what it turns out is that as the broccoli gets bigger, there's no more sulforaphane being made. Yeah. So every seed has within it a finite amount of the, the compound, the glucoraphanin, the precursor to sulforaphane. So that's why when you're eating things in this young and tender state, they're very bioavailable, but and they're concentrated nutrition. So when I thought, when I started to sprout, was I missing anything? It turns out I was getting an exponent of the, what I would get on the mature vegetables and I was getting them faster and fresher, right? Cause what's fresher than being able to eat off of your own countertop on demand. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> right. Right. Nothing. And then um, on any of the other kind of green flower garden variety. And this is, if you like something bitter, you could have radish if you like something neutral, you could have alfalfa. Alfalfa sprouts been very popular for years amongst the hippy dippy trippies like my people. 
like yeah. alfalfa because they're super nutritious. They're high in fiber and they're very easy to grow. So if you were to take like alfalfa, broccoli, lentils, garbanzo beans, peas, that's just a great way to start. Yep. There's other things if you want spices like fenugreek yeah. is extremely like sproutable and has these other antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral, medicinal qualities. Mustard seeds sprout really well. So th there's um, flax and chia are incredible, right? For the omega-3s. Um, so there's a lot of options. But the easiest thing to sprout, like no joke, easiest thing to sprout is probably lentils, uh -huh. like organic French lentils. They grow. You can eat them in two days and they're just a no brainer. So what time is it where you are right now? Uh, it's 12 and a half minutes. It's 11 and a half minutes to feeding time. 1148. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the way you call it feeding time. So... Do you know what you're going to be eating in 12 oh, yeah. minutes? Yeah, I've got... Lay it, lay, lay it on me. I have these ultra-ripe yeah. um, persimmons. Oh. That I'm the first guy to the farmer's market in Saturday, and I buy like maybe 30 of these. And I will eat... My lunch will be three or four persimmons. And these, like to to a normal person, these would look rotten like overripe to rotten but they are heavenly so how, how do you do your persimmons do you do you cut it and i mean do you cut it up do you take the skin off you just eat the whole thing I, I i just eat the, i just eat the whole thing eat the whole thing okay yeah, I just mash it into my mouth it's, no really really just oh uh, yeah i forget that i i forget that i i don't shave anymore so yeah. it gets all over my face and i get a little snack for later in the day perfect like dried, sun-dried fruit from the beard. You know, I'm embarrassed to say this, Doug, but you know, I'm, uh, you know that I've, anyway, I'm, I'm laying it all out there with you here because I've never sprouted. I had my first persimmon that I think I know of maybe three weeks ago. How embarrassing is that? You know what? I, I mean, think you've done so much in your career. Like, you know, I don't, I, the only time I've ridden a bike is at Burning Man. Like, you know, you're, you're like a triathlete. I can barely ride a bike a hundred feet for one week a year. Yeah. But I, I feel like I've tried a lot of different foods, but you're just making me realize here that um, there's a whole new universe out there, especially with sprouting that I would love to, to tackle and get a better grasp on. And then persimmons. I mean, uh, what, how would you describe persimmons? Are they like a combination between what and what? I mean, because they look to me like almost a, a funky tomato, but they're they're not. Yeah, they, they nothing like a tomato. Yeah. I would say it's to me, it's like candy. It's like <laughs> it is like if you liquefied cotton candy, you know, into a jelly form. Uh -huh. okay. Um, and and the color, the bright orange, right? Yeah. So we know yellow makes you happy right? Red is filled with antioxidants, the anthocyanidins. So it's just like this amazing. And because it's in this like liquid jelly part, I know that it's easily digestible. And so it's very sweet. It's a, it's a wildly unique flavor. The closest thing I could think of is maybe a super ripe plum, right. you know, right? Something like that. But the flavor is much like um, higher level where it's so beyond what a normal fruit would taste like that it's, it's, it's almost tastes like um, processed. What, uh, so what are you going to have anything else besides the three or four? Uh, no, that, 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 that's what I'll have in like my 12 to, to two window. Then um, at around two or three, if I can get a break, right? I'll go and I'll eat a pomelo or yep. two. Yep. Right? That's like so, a melon, right? A, no, a pomelo is like big. the over, a pomelo is like an oversized um, ancient grapefruit. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So I'll eat a pomelo and then 
you're, uh, all about, couple, you're all about the peas. Yeah, I like the peas. Well, the next one is another pea. The next one is I have pomegranates. Yeah, so yeah. I have beautiful, lush, local, organic pomegranates. And I'm growing pomegranates here, but my pomegranates are nowhere near like this other organic farmer. So I support him. But I'll eat a whole pomegranate. I, and then- Those are exciting to eat, aren't they? I find oh, yeah. pomegranates, you know, taking it apart, the little different sections, getting the seeds out, or do you just go like this again, manhandle? I mean, I've got two techniques for eating a pomegranate. Okay. Yeah. So one technique is I cut off the top and then I follow the, the membrane yeah. lines. I open it up and I eat all the seeds. Yeah. If I'm in meetings during the day, I'll take the pomegranate and I will slowly work on breaking down every arrow inside. Uh-huh. And I'll just continue to mash it. So I'm like working out my forearms by just mashing it until the point that this thing is like a deflated beanbag, yeah. right? It's just mush. And then I'll bite off a, a section with a little bit of my canine. And then I'll just squeeze all the pomegranate juice out of it. Wow. Wow. So, but it, it will take like it, at least an hour or two of kneading it and, and mushing it to get it to that level. I'm going to do that when I get home. I have three pomegranates at home uh, and my six-year-old daughter. That's one of the things we love doing is, is peeling the pomegranate together, but I'm going to start doing that. I'll let her know we're squishing this thing into a bean bag. Yeah. See about that. And then it's just in, incredible, you know, so, so you could do that. And then um, around five o'clock I start eating copious amounts of sprouts. What's copious mean? Um, probably anywhere between um, a pound and two pounds of sprouts. And you're going to do like what, how many different varieties of sprouts? Um, it depends what I have growing. Yeah. So I used to be, I used to be more methodical, but now I have a, a protein mix. So I have garbanzo beans, peas, lentils and azuki so it's a protein mix and it's in the jar and you know we we can do we can do a live and i'll take you into the kitchen um where i'm running the lab and you'll you'll see the the various things but so i'll eat like you know a pound of those and then i have um either broccoli sprouts or french lentils you know or the mung beans and probably the best way of consuming soy, and I left this out, are yeah. organic soy sprouts. Uh, like they're just unbelievable. They grow super fast. They look like mung beans, but they're, you know, incredible nutrition. Easy, easy, peasy to grow is the soy sprouts. So is your lab there in the uh, in the yurt yurt or no no the yurt? I have no food allowed in the yurt. Okay. If you, if you have food in the yurt, then you're getting nature. So we've got different structures across the hot springs, you know, that I use for different purposes. So this is, you know, for, for sleeping and for, for my office. Wow. All right. Um, what, what are you most excited about right now? I want to be, I really want to be healthy, mm-hmm. right? And I want to be more patient, right? And, you know, part of the, the thing that, helped get me where I am is kind of my, you know, um, sense of urgency, do it now, do it now, do it now. And what I want to do is see if I can still have that level of intensity and focus, but also have a little bit more balance. Like now I'm excited to, to go to sleep, right? So most people set their alarm clock for what time they want to wake up in the morning. I set my alarm clock what time I want to go to sleep at night. It's nice. nice. And, and, and you never need an alarm clock to wake up in the morning, right? No, no. I mean, it gets bright here. The sun, the sun pours in. It's one of my favorite joys is seeing the, the yeah. sunrise. So yeah, I think if you go to sleep early, you get up early, you know, yeah. it's just no question. And the screen, like just being aware of, you know, how addictive the screen is and mm. how, you know, just being aware. So really 
putting the phone in another room, you know, it, you will extend your phone life by a third by just turning it off at night, right? Get a normal, simple alarm clock, turn off the phone. So I'm really like patting myself on the back, super proud that I no longer look at my phone when I get up in the middle of the night. Like I don't look at the phone. Yep. Like, I, I will sleep through the night and, you know, if I get up, like, I'm like, oh, I'm awake. Time to like go back in. And I like using my aura ring and I like the breathing. And so I'm using a combination of different things, but I like just sleeping and then being able to be fresh. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was so looking forward to this, uh, this um, podcast and supporting you and your work. And I feel great. So thank you for having me. Oh, man. Thank you for letting me have you. <laughs> and, and where can people um, find you if they want to follow you? All things Doug Evans and all things sprouting. Yeah. So just at Doug Evans on Instagram is probably the platform that I, I produce the most content on. And yep. also you can sign up for my soon to be released newsletter at thesproutbook.com. And the book is in print form. It's on Kindle and it's in now on Audible. I, I checked it out on Amazon uh, yesterday and you've got so many wonderful reviews, so many great endorsements, the great forward by uh, Joel Furman. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you, you've done a wonderful job with it. And, and again, I can't wait to sink my teeth into it as well. Uh, as I learn all about sprouting, because it's something that like we with COVID, our family, we literally started our first garden in our lives just because of COVID and, and all that and the kids. And uh, it, we just had a real hell of a time uh, with the soil here and, and everything. And so I love the idea of sprouting and getting my kids into it and, uh, and, and the nutritional integrity of it. There's no reason not to like it. It's very seductive, isn't it? Oh, it's unbelievable. And by the way, specifically, and I know your background and I want to thank you for your services, you know, as a firefighter, um, the, there's proven research mm -hmm. that broccoli sprouts and sulforaphane detoxify benzene from the lungs. Mm. So for anyone who's had exposure to smoke, smoking, firsthand smoke, secondhand smoke, or even pollution in the city, that broccoli sprouts and sulforaphane detoxify the benzene from the lungs. Proven NIH double-blind peer-reviewed studies. So, you know, that might be something when you get back to the, to the firehouse, talk to those guys about, um, you know, detoxifying and making sure that broccoli sprouts are part of the diet. And look, my mission yeah. really has been since I opened up my first lemonade stand in New York City, uh, called Organic Avenue, we was we. I wanted to share this message that um, produce and fruits and vegetables are good for you. They're accessible, and that you know even the very conservative U.S. dietary guidelines recommend seven to thirteen servings of fruits and vegetables every day. The average American is consuming less than one. Yeah, right. So if if you can add sprouts to the diet then like your world can change. I hope that today's episode with, with Doug planted a seed of interest for you to take on a new project, explore, experiment, have fun and sprout a new hobby. To learn more about Doug and his book, visit our episode page at plantstrongpodcast.com. Next week, we go from sprouting to mushroom farming and the beautiful transformation story of the Barrett family farms with my friends, Rodney and Jennifer Barrett. Their true seeking has led them down a brand new path and we can't wait to share it with you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to subscribe, rate and review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the great news about plants. 
Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything to me. Have you had your own Galileo moment that you'd like to share? What happened when you stepped into the arena and shed the beliefs that you thought to be true? I'd love to hear about it. Visit plantstrongpodcast.com to submit your story and to learn more about today's guests and sponsors. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.